I'm glad you're with us this morning. Yes. Turn, turn with us in your Bible to Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to use one, we recommend everybody put their eyes on the Word of God. We have extra Bibles in the back. Anybody need a Bible? You could raise your hand. One of the ushers want to catch Dee here and give her a Bible. Ushers, some. And Luke. Someone else here. Coming to you. Coming to you, yeah. It's really important that we learn our way around the Word of God. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right. So let's just read Galatians 5. It is up on the PowerPoint. Um, but again, we encourage you to see it with your own eyes in your Bible. It says, But I say... Walk, in this, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So let's just pray a moment, ask the Holy Spirit to help us. This morning, Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to help us, Lord, to better understand the struggle that we all experience in our flesh. I pray, Lord, you help us to become more aware of the Holy Spirit who's dwelling on the inside of us. He's our helper. He's our strengthener. Help us to learn yes. to walk, Lord, being led by your Spirit. And I pray, Father, that you would give us spiritual discernment. You give us eyes to see the day and the hour that we are living in and the necessity, Lord, of walking, learning to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And we thank you, Jesus, for all your help. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the last several weeks, um, we've been talking about the power and the authority in the Word of God. And we've been encouraging you to read the Word of God, to become familiar with what the Word of God says. Study the Word of God. You know, sometimes yes. over the years would say, read the Word of God, and you'd hesitate saying, study it, because it would be like, well, you know, I'm not a studier. But you must learn to think about what it says and get the whole picture of what the Bible is talking about and not just know a verse here and a verse there. Come on. And really to do that... You have to study it a little. You have to think a little deeper about it than just one verse here and there and meditate on it. And we've been talking about the, the necessity to pray the Word of God, that God's will is His Word, and so we pray. We want to be praying His will. So we have to know His Word in order to know how to pray His will into the earth. And uh, I would encourage you, if you are not a part of this Bible reading plan, you can still take part. You can just join in. Uh, how, how do they hook up on they it? Go, Just to go to the app. On, the yeah, the app. church app. The comments. Um, I think the comments that people are making as we read are just so enriching. They're just giving each of us another aspect of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through these scriptures. Mm -hmm. All of this is so important uh, that it, because it's building and establishing your faith in God. It's helping you to understand who he is and who you are in him. Yeah. And who the body of Christ is around us. I mean, I think this is one of the most uh, enriching parts of the fellowship of just making those comments on there. So 
please, if you're interested, you're welcome, join in with us. Um, because we really do need, we're talking about the, the uh, power in the Word of God, we, we get discernment as we read the Word of God. And if ever there was a time when we need discernment <laughs> to navigate and understand what it is we're seeing in the culture today, we need it. Yes. Amen? Yeah. We need strength of spirit to just recognize truth from a lie and to endure. Yeah, there we go. To remain on the path. That the, Jesus says it's a narrow path, and it does feel as though it's getting narrower and narrower, doesn't it? I mean, the world is just, all the boundaries are broken down as far as morality, and we want to abide in him. We want to finish our course yes. with joy, because the Bible warns of a great falling away at the, in the last days. They call it, the scripture calls it apostasy, the falling away of people of faith. It's not just that the world is falling away. People of faith are getting more and more lukewarm and falling away. And you see it. I mean, you hear about it in the news of when it's more, a more prominent figure that this is someone saying, you know, I'm renouncing my faith. I once believed. I followed God for years, and, but I don't believe that anymore. And um, as there's just a disdain, I would say, yeah, for truth. Yeah, there you go. That's, the, that's it. As it increases, lawlessness has been increasing. You know, and it's a type of lawlessness that is not just ignorance. I don't know what it is, so I'm just doing things ignorantly. No, it's a deliberate trampling upon the, the laws of God and right. truth and righteousness. Yeah. And you they're know. being heralded as heroes. Openly practicing. I was astonished. This is pretty sick. And, and appalled. And maybe some of you saw it. It was just a little Fox News article, but it's, it was during Valentine's Day week. And it said... Universities across the nation, from you know, Maryland to the West Coast, are having what they call uh, Sex Week, celebrating Valentine's Day. Universities. And it's a group that's on campuses across the nation called Student Advocates for Sexual Health Awareness. And their promotion is to create a judgment-free zone on the campuses for... to to do, explore your sexuality in whatever way you desire to explore it and whatever preference you have and to have, be all-inclusive and free. Judge, you have to just go check out. I, I don't even want to speak about the things. Right. The types of workshops and what they were doing with exhibits. I, I thought this cannot be on government-funded... Yeah, government-funded. American campuses. I mean, it was, it, they were things that you would think that would be like exhibits and posters and information that would come out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, it, they said, we'll have exhibits of male and female genitalia and all these things that people can walk through and talk about and experience. Yeah. It was shocking. Did, would you think if you sent your son or daughter to a university... I mean, Ohio State, I'm sorry to mention Ohio State for the Ohio State fans, but I know there are some in this church. But they gave them as an example. They said that this student organization was collecting funds and sending valentines to the local Planned Parenthood across the street for their valiant effort and all the, the uh, valuable work that they do. I just was moaning as I was reading it, yeah. literally just shuddering inside. 
It's just pure, it's pure wickedness. And in the culture, what we're seeing and living in is just the, what is, we know is wrong is just turned into this is right. Yeah, come on. It's just openly celebrated. It's celebrated, yeah. And, you know, we're, it's part of what we believe is the delusion yes. that Second Thessalonians talks about. That as the times of the end draw near, there will be an unlimited seduction to evil that you're going to see in the culture and in society. And that's because it's, people take more pleasure in unrighteousness than in the truth. And, and they decide that they're going to love a lie rather than the truth. Yeah. That's what they're determined to do. They are trampling what God says is right, and they are blatant about it. No longer are they hiding what they're doing. It's right. university campuses throughout the United States. Yeah. This is just off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, this, this delusion, I believe we are, we're living in it right now. You're seeing things unfold that this book is prophesied yeah. for yeah. 2,000 years. You and I are living in this time right now, and that's why we need discernment because it's, we just kind of ease into these things, and all of it's going on around us, and if we're not paying attention, if we don't have the spiritual discernment, which you get as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, you're going to just slide right into it with it all. Or you're going to try to just simply ignore it. No, we have to be awake to these things. And th during this time period, this delusion, people are going to truly love a lie rather than the truth. And what happens when you do this, when, when people disobey God knowingly, you harden yeah. your heart. Yeah. Instead of being spiritually sensitive, now you've hardened your heart a little bit. And God will continually try to work with you to make things right. But what will eventually happen, God will give them over to the desires of their own heart. That's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Romans chapter 1 explains how this happens. He's going to give them over. This is when people become very callous to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here to convict us. And we want conviction. Because that conviction yeah. is going to save us. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is not going to condemn you. If you're born again, you are not condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. If you're not a born again believer, you're living under condemnation. As it says in John chapter 3, verse 18, verse 36. So it's an important thing that you and I become spiritually keen in what's happening around us because this, this delusion is going to bump up against you. Yeah. Do you understand that? It's going to bump up against you. This lawlessness is going to bump up against us. But God is going to use the Antichrist and his perversion to really sift the church. To sift the church, to refine the church. It's giving us an opportunity to lovingly state the truth in what we believe, no matter what the cost, because there's going to come a cost to it. As we bump up against this culture in your family, in your neighbors, you know, your workplace, <coughs> excuse me, your own heart is going to be 
put in a position where you're going to have to say, will I love righteousness? Will I stand up for the truth? Will I live a life that's pleasing to God? This is what's happening right now. Just as we walk right now, it's happening. It's been happening in your life. You know, we've talked about this epic clash of wills that's going on in the spirit realm. And it's all for the heart and souls for people. There is a huge consequence. Because people's eternity is at stake. It's at stake. God's will, of course, we know. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. Come seek to save the lost. <laughs> Praise God. He wants everybody to repent and come to the knowledge of the truth so we can be saved. Everybody. Yeah. The Bible declares he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. None. That's why he sent Jesus. So they can avoid, avoid it. His joy for us is that we actually live with him. In that new Jerusalem that is coming to this earth, we're going to live with God. Yeah. I mean, we're going to walk with God. We're going to see him as he is. And that is going to be, we will then live in pure life, pure love, abundant life that we can't even think of. Age after age after age after age. Now the clash is with Satan and darkness. And his will is to, he is the prince of the power of the air. The Bible calls him the god of this age. Mm -hmm. You know every age has a time limit. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) But his is to invade every institution. So... That they, he will be able to put his thought, his will into, well, we just saw it. The universities are all over the place. He loves unrighteousness. He rejects the truth. And he's going to use every form of social media so that he can show images that will entice your flesh for lawlessness, immorality. They're going to say, cast all, all restraints. And that's, the, the satanic Bible says, do what thou wilt. I've heard Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, quote that. <laughs> Define your own truth. Yeah. You've heard it. Mm-hmm. Flow with the course of this world. That's why we need spiritual discernment, because mm-hmm. that current of the world is strong. Mm-hmm. Believe me, you and I are swimming upstream. And it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. You, if you give up, you're starting to float backwards. You know, he wants to, you to adapt to the, the thought process of the God of this age. That's what this world is moving in. Moving in. It's very strong current. Because really, in a sense, the devil's plan is to, you die in sin... You then go to hell. For eternity, you're in torment. That's his goal. That's why Jesus came. So you can avoid all that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look again at Galatians. Take a look at Galatians. Yeah. Chapter 5. It's right after <laughs> 2 Corinthians. Right before Ephesians. 
Galatians chapter 5. Verse 17 again. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. So there's this clash of wills that we've been talking about. But if you've read the book, spoiler alert, you know. (laughs) That doesn't mean you shouldn't read the book just because you know the ending. The ending is good. God's will will be accomplished. His will will be done here on earth. Because at the end of the book, we see triumphant Jesus returning with his church and setting up a millennial reign. A kingdom reign of righteousness here yes. on the earth. Hallelujah. And he's putting down all lawlessness. And he'll reign on the earth for a thousand years. And during that time, Satan will be thrown into the bottomless pit. And then after the millennial reign of Christ, he's released for a short time. But then he ends up in the lake of fire. For with, good. Everybody who, with everybody who who's, rejects Christ. Right. So, in the meantime, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. If Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil, and he did. Amen. On the cross, by his cross and resurrection, he came to destroy the works of the devil, and he accomplished that. But now we're the body of Christ. We're, we're still in the earth. And so, we, we are not just passively waiting for Jesus to come back. The church has an assignment. Yeah, the church has work to do. The church cannot just sit back and, well, we're just waiting, twiddling our thumbs, looking out and seeing how bad it's getting and going, Jesus, when are you coming back? We're the light bearers. We're the, we're the people who are standing up in the, as the hands and feet of Christ, the yes. body of Christ, bringing light into a dark place. Amen? Yes. I mean, Scripture sometimes describes us as an occupying army. We're soldiers, like an occupying army, you know, that we are here to uphold the you know, the king's law, so to speak, truth and righteousness. And so God's called us to be overcomers because like Pastor C was saying, if we're going up against a stream, a big stream coming at us, we're going to have to overcome. There's going to be resistance. Amen. Always. And this resistance, you know, we cannot look at it like, well, the person is my resistance, these people. No, the the war really that we're fighting in the long run, in in the truth here, is the war within, it's inside here. It's the flesh on the inside versus the spirit. Learning to say no to our flesh yes. and the unholy desires that the flesh you know, are, can be roused up inside of us. Attitudes that come from those unholy desires, just ways of living mm-hmm. versus the spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, dwells on the inside of you for a reason. Hallelujah. He's to be our teacher, our guide, our strength, our advocate. To show us discernment of what we're going through. And we are to learn to say yes to the Spirit. Yes to desiring to please God. This is the overcoming part. Will I say no to my flesh and say yes to the things of the Spirit? Obeying truth. Living a righteous life. That's what we're called to live. A righteous and holy life. It's a high calling. But this is what Galatians is talking about. If we look at Galatians 5.16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not glorify or gratify 
the desires of the flesh. So there's this war, there's opposition. It just, we just saw that in the other verse. They oppose each other. This is where we overcome. We make a decision. Will I walk by the Spirit or will I let my flesh rule? And it's a battle. Yeah. How many of us could say, yes. this is not easy? And it'll be that way until you die. Yeah. Or Jesus comes yeah. and raptures us out. So the Holy Spirit is in us to help us overcome and walk in the Spirit, walk abiding in the Spirit. We have to discern now, the, tr- the, the church. Now, the church, though, the problem here is the church, we said last week, oh, yes. over 50%, almost 60% is what that study said. But let's just, on a margin of error, say it's 50% of the church doesn't really believe in the devil. That's Christians. Christians. They claim to be Christians. Listen, if you don't believe in the devil, you don't really believe you have a spiritual enemy, well, then you're not engaging in any battle, right? Because you're just on your own somehow. You've really lost the war. You've conceded. You're in prison. You're a prisoner of war. You're a, you're a prisoner through ignorance. And this is a, really a huge issue for the church. It's a huge issue for the church. Because it's going to be cause for more apostasy. Yes. Because the weaker you get against the enemy, well, guess what? He's just going to take your ground. (laughs) And this is why we're speaking of it. It, To awaken, we pray this often in our prayer meetings. Oh, God, please awaken the church. Yes. To understand the day and time that we live in. The reality of the spiritual battle, like what our purpose here in the earth is about for the day and time that you and I are here. So that we will engage. We have to engage. Yes. Use the weapons of our warfare and engage. Glory to God. How do we do that? Some of the ways we do it, we hide the word in our heart. We have to hide it in our heart. Uh, We have to think with the mind of the spirit. We have to start judging our thought life. Yes. Hello. Casting down wrong imaginations. Yes. Using God's authority that we've been given in prayer. Standing in faith. Yes. These are not easy things. Anybody who's learning to walk by faith would, would understand there is opposition going on inside of me. Yes. And Satan, you know, he uses subtle forces. Don't think of, you know, he, he's like an army marching in. No, his, his manner is very subtle. He comes to us in our thought life. Amen. Thoughts. Just like he did in the garden. Did God really say? Mm-hmm. Don't eat from that tree. And he tries to talk you out. Thoughts, suggestions. Suggestions. Impressions that come to your mind. Ideas. What What are they trying to do? They're trying to compel you towards his way of thinking, fleshly ways of thinking. And not just thinking, but then react on it. Right. Act upon it. That's what he wants. Doubt God. Hatred of people. That's it. Suspicion. I can't trust anybody. Jealousy, like comparing ourselves and strife, division, or passivity. I'm just going to yeah. do nothing. There or, you go. Or just fears, whispers, these kinds of things. And the church needs to awaken. This is a spiritual battle. Satan is in demonic forces of darkness are coming at us, and it's happening in our heart. 
and we have to unify the church. Once the church, I believe, awakens more, then we unify around this thing. Come on. We pray for one another differently. Yes. You look at it from a natural standpoint, what, like what happens in a war. Uh, nations at war with another nation, uh, it applies to, a, there's a spiritual parallel here. So we have to pay attention because we are soldiers. The Bible declares you're a soldier. The Bible declares you're in the army of the Lord. Take, uh, just go back and think in your mind, you know, about World War II. Uh, when a nation's at war, it changes the lifestyle of people. Now, you this know, is kind of hard, though. Most people, in, well, some in the room would, depending on the generation you grew up in, if there's no familiarity. Well, the, can, the nation was united against this particular enemy. It was. And men gave yeah. up jobs and their futures and willingly enlisted in the, in the army. They wanted to fight for our nation. Rosie the Riveter, anybody remember that too? Yeah. Because the men went off to war, but yet the women had to take the men's place in factories, etc., places like this. Because there was a need for it. And then we come and men... These men spent months preparing to go over there to fight. Prepared to go fight. You, you would have posters up it said, it, that said, do with less so they will have enough. I mean, the whole country was united around an effort to put down an enemy. When you look back on World War II. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they sent guards to our borders to protect our nation, and everybody thought it was a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they had victory gardens in their backyards because canned goods were rationed. Yeah. This, 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 the entire nation was unified to, to fight this war. And now, let's consider the parallels to the war in the spirit that we have right now. The clash of wills that's going on all the time. All the time. It's the one, yeah, you, you've got to understand. Think about it now. If half the church doesn't even believe that there's an enemy. I mean, think about the World War II effort in this nation. If half the nation just said, there's nothing going on. I don't know what everybody's so hyped up about. Yeah, where are these you guys think, going? this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> You know what? 50% don't believe in the devil. That means that half the church is AWOL. Yeah. <laughs> Absent without official leave. Yeah. Do you think that weakens the church? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are not engaged. They're off, like you said, Pastor Mamie said, they're off doing some, their own thing. All the while, this war is raging. And they're deceived to the point where they'll walk away from their faith. <laughs> it's funny. Because a life like that, your style of living will change. You'll be willing to sacrifice for other people. Yeah, when you really see what the church is about. That's really the bottom line. When you really understand what this gathering is about. Yeah. And what the body Unifying. of Christ is, is meant to be about. You know, I thank God that he can do a lot with a remnant, though. You know, we say about 50%. Well, he can do a lot with a remnant of believing people. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, since COVID happened a couple years ago, 
many have dropped out of coming to church. I mean, as pastors, you look at these statistics, you talk to other pastors, and, uh, you know, the church was already on a downslide yes. of people not attending before COVID. But COVID had that long lull where many churches closed their doors, and all in the name, you know, I don't want to hold in the name of just loving your neighbor. Yeah, right. But it, it was working. You know, I, I think to myself, don't think the enemy wasn't involved in that thinking that promoted church closures. Well, we're just going to categorize them as non-essential. Who would have thought that? <laughs> Who would be behind that thinking, I wonder? But, the, but God, I, I believe, used this period of time with COVID again to sift the yes. church. Mm-hmm. Do you want me? Do you want my purpose? Or do you want to stand for righteousness? Or take the passive route? I mean, it's easy to slip into a pattern of staying home, isn't it? I mean, it was for people. The flesh isn't really ever interested in doing anything hard, right? It's like if we can take the easy way, we'll take the easy way. Most people want the, the easy way. And, you know, we've had people come and sincerely say, and I totally believe them. I haven't been to church in a long time, and, you know, since COVID, and, oh, I'm so glad I'm here. I really need this. And, yes, you know, I'm going to. I mean, they make it sound like they're going to come back. And we're like, yes, you're, we're glad you're here. Like, yes, you know, we need to be about the Father's business. And, yes. And yet, I'd say for the most part, many... We never, never see them again. never see them again. And I think, why, Lord? It breaks our heart because you realize what's at stake. Right, right, right. And I think you yourself said you needed it. Yeah. Like, why don't you come? Why don't you go and then i then i felt like the lord reminded we were reminded of what jesus said to his disciples in the garden of gethsemane yeah. he said you know the spirit spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and turn there to matthew 26 we're gonna look at a verse there matthew 26 verse 40 mm-hmm. this is jesus in the garden of gethsemane You know, he's hours away from the horror and the torture that's coming to be crucified on the cross. Yes. He's going to be faced with willingly, he willingly laid his life down. That's right. To pay the penalty, to take on the penalty for your sin and my sin, the sin of the world. Sin of the world. He was going to become sin. And so he's asking his disciples, you know, to watch and pray with him. He's in the garden, and then he goes to the disciples, and what does he find? They fell asleep. So Matthew 26, 40 says, And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, So could you not keep watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, the disciples. Jesus, what did he mean by that? Yeah. The disciples' spirits are willing to do it. They wanted to do what's right. Just a few uh, minutes earlier, you know, Peter says that I decla- He says, uh, even if I have to die with you, I'll never, uh, I'll never disown you. But and all the other disciples said the same thing. And it turns out they couldn't even pray with Jesus for any length of time at all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> because of physical weakness, it's your flesh. 
It's your flesh. Tired, yeah. You know, but Jesus acknowledged, you know, your spirit is willing. Uh, Jesus knew the disciples wanted to pray. He knew that. But he was, in a sense, warning them about the weakness of your flesh. <laughs> he wants you and I to be aware of the temptation that comes from a thought, suggestion, impression to your flesh. Because if you let your flesh go, it'll pull you away from God. You know it as well as I do. And Jesus was fighting this same struggle in the garden right there. Struggling against the flesh and the satanic involvement that was there. That's why he was praying to the Father for help. It was an intense spiritual battle in that garden. It was a clash of wills and it was a pivotal moment for sure. Did you ever watch The Passion? Did anybody see The Passion? Mm -hmm. How about that garden scene? That's just wild. Satan whispers to him and says, Do you really believe that one man can bear the full burden of sin? Yeah. And then Jesus, he doesn't answer Satan. No, he just prays to his father and he says, Shelter me, O Lord. You know, I trust in you, and you I take refuge. Yes. And then Satan whispers back, no man can carry this burden. It's far too heavy. Saving their souls is too costly. No one ever, never. And Jesus, of course, ignores what he says. Praise to his Father. Father, you can do all things. Mm -hmm. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet... Not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And then Satan even whispers to him then, who is your father? Yeah. Who are you? And I love that final scene. Yeah. And Jesus stands up. There's a snake. And there's a slithering yeah. snake there, and he, yeah. he, he crushes yeah. it he with his heel. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for us, too. This is, this is the battle that we have to fight every day. And it comes very subtly. Attitude. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, fully God, fully man. Yes. Struggle. And in his humanity. Yeah. We have to remember he understands the struggle. He was tested at all points like we are, yet without sin. So he understands this opposition that happens on the inside, the war within us. (laughs) You know, that word Gethsemane means crushed olives. Or oil press. Yeah. It was a crushing place for him. For sure. It, it was here in Gethsemane that, that the crushing and the terrifying horror of what he would face. You know, the, he began to go through that. Yes. We have some scriptures up here, Hebrews 5, 7, that just help us remember what he suffered, that he knows the pain. Jesus offered up, it said, prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Yes. This was during the time in the garden. The demonic warfare was intense. He was suffering anguish in his soul. Matthew 26, 38, he says, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. That's what he was asking his disciples. And then Luke twenty two forty four, 44, it says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became there. like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You know, think about it. Before that first 
whip mark before you know, it struck his skin because then he was going to be whipped and tortured before he hung on the cross. The Lord was like being pressed in his mind with unthinkable anguish in his, in his emotions. It would cause it so much stress yeah. that blood would begin to come out of his, the sweat glands in his capillaries. That's, that's really a medical condition, rare, but it does happen. Where a person under great emotional stress, it says the tiny capillaries in your body sweat glands begin to break open. And so your sweat and your blood is mixed and it begins to come out of your pores. What was, he, what was torturing him? What kind of thoughts do you think were going through his mind and his emotions? Man. Fear of torture? I mean... See, we think, well, I think if he's fully man, there was some sense of, do I, does the sinless one become sin now? Yeah. Does, you know, life himself God, I die? Me, Lord Jesus. Scripture says, him who knew no sin, he became sin for us. Think about it. Would he be tortured with the thought, I'm going to be separated from my father? Yeah. What, what will happen? Yeah. Drinking the cup of wrath for the penalty of the sin of for the world. For us. All of this. Who can know what went through his soul during that time? And so for the body of Christ to not believe the devil isn't real, or the spiritual warfare isn't real, it's just astonishing. It's crazy. It's shocking to me. I just think... It's pathetic. It's, yeah. It's sinful. Yes. It's sinful. So when Jesus I... comes back and he finds his disciples sleeping, sleeping. And the story of Gethsemane is, rings true for all of us because we can easily be distracted from prayer, can't we? Yeah. Easily be distracted from worship. Easily be distracted from doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, all believers struggle with their flesh. Every single one of us. We do. Uh, but Jesus has won the victory over darkness. Yeah. Do you understand that? Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And we can conquer our flesh. Yeah. He's, what, what overcomes the world now? Even our faith, the Bible declares. Yeah. Our yeah. faith. Peter declares that we have the same type of faith that he had. He walked on water. You know... <laughs> We have to have faith in the truth of the Word of God. Yeah. We have to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. We cannot be ruled by our bodies, our flesh. We have to put it under. You, you are a spirit being. You're a spirit. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. The Bible talks about the inward man. It's you, the real you is a spirit being. Now listen, you have a soul which is your mind, will, emotions. And that's where the devil comes and attacks us. And we live in a body. But you are a spirit being. The Bible declares this. And we, we fight in the spirit realm. Again, Pastor Mimi says, people are not our enemies. People are not our enemies. It's the prince of the power of the air that we fight. And all of his demonic influence. But we have to be aware of the weakness of our flesh because if we follow our flesh, it's going to open up the door to defeat. 
if we listen to its demands, desires, you know, the fears of human that we have, it's going to pull us off track. We have to understand this is a real fight. It's a fight within us. And you've got to understand it's normal to fight this fight. It's abnormal to think there is no fight. <laughs> because, let's face it, the God of this world through attacks us through the weakness of our flesh. Lust, greed, gluttony, fear, insecurities, ambition of power, significance. Do you ever figure out that every advertisement that you see caters to your flesh? Yeah, it speaks to the weaknesses, the desires of the flesh. I mean, so many things are sexualized now, just everything. Yeah. From, like, toothpaste commercial you just think gosh like can we not think of some other way to sell a product but people make bad choices we make bad decisions we do impulsive reckless regretful mm -hmm. things yeah you know in times of weakness of the flesh when you're too tired to care like you just I, you know i don't care do whatever or get overly stressed out mm -hmm. right you know, you, you, you feel people, you, when your body's in pain, sometimes you just, you do the wrong things. <laughs> Make the wrong choices. People feel burned out. Your mind might be full of worry. That's when you're vulnerable to the weakness of the flesh. And people do, we can do, we can make bad choices, you know. So we, we start to cope in bad ways, like yelling, screaming. We get angrier and angrier. You read about it all the time in the newspaper. Yeah. Anger that turns into shootings. And, or people take drugs just to numb out. Or they, you know, head for a bottle of wine or the, whatever it is that people drink. Or go, maybe it's food. They head to the freezer and pull out the half gallon of ice cream. <laughs> or they go online to a chat room. I need some company. I'm feeling lonely. Scary. Or just maybe sometimes people crawl into bed, you know, pull down the shades, pull up the covers and just hope the pain in the world just goes away. See, but when we let our fleshly desires, if you will, rule us, we lose focus, right. right? We lose perspective. I mean, this is why Jesus said we should be people who watch and pray so we don't enter into temptation. We need to be spiritually alert to all, how all this works yes. and then pray, God, help me to walk free of temptation. Because it's when we're most vulnerable, like during those times is when Satan starts to whisper, you really aren't worth it. You know, you really aren't worth it. Like, or you never get treated right, do you? Jeez. Or nobody understands you. Why don't you just go do what you want to do, right? That's it. Satanic Bible right there. Do what thou wilt. And so how do we avoid? How do we avoid falling into the trap, the temptation? You're right. Galatians 5.16. But I say... Scripture tells us, but I say, walk by the Spirit, mm -hmm. and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If I'm going to learn to walk by the Spirit and let my spirit, like Pastor Steve was saying, we're spirit beings, let my spirit have dominion yes. and take rulership. Let the Holy Spirit dominate my life. Yes. Then I'm, I'm going to have to make it a, a, a habit of fellowshipping with Him, Come getting on. to know who the Holy Spirit is. And how do, we, how do we begin to do that? Well, you spend time in the Word of God. That's right. Because you will find the leading and the help of the Holy Spirit. 
as you meditate on the Word of God. We're gaining strength. It's our spiritual food. Jesus said that His words are spirit and life. And if we're going to walk by the Spirit, then we're going to have to let the Word of God govern our lives. That means you're going to have to find it, read it. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to have to speak it. You're going to have to pray it. It's the Word of God that we have faith in. Again, this song, keep your eyes above the waves. Focus on Jesus. That's the only way we're going to make it through this time. This time is serious. This time is being compressed. And it's you have choices every day that you must make. And the church must begin to get our mind renewed to these things. Amen. Amen. Our so, souls need to be saved. Scripture talks about in, in the book of James that our soul, by implanting the word of God, we can save our souls. We're going to begin to talk some more about this next week. Because people think, well, I'm born again. I'm saved. Well, but the scripture says, yes, your spirit has become new, but your soul, our soul needs saving and yes. mind renewal so that we could walk with the Holy Spirit and walk in the things of the Spirit. Praise and so as we just close out this service, just want you to bow your head, think about some things in your own heart. We said at the beginning, you're going to be faced with a, some questions. Will I, am I a lover of righteousness? When I come up against these things in the world, will I stand for truth? Do I know the truth? There. Do I live the truth? I mean, if you truly desire that, I want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. you got to tell God that. This thing is personal. This is a relationship. You speak to Him. He wants to hear your heart. Tell Him. Make your desire known to Him. Yes. Maybe you need to ask Him to forgive you because you're a participator in lawlessness. And you need to get your life right. You need to repent. That's good. It is good. Conviction towards repentance brings life, it says. But you have to make action to that. You can't just, oh, I'm convicted of that. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Now you make a change. Or one yeah. You change. You change because the power of God is given to you to overcome that temptation. Because so it's just the desire of the flesh. So let's let the Holy Spirit examine our heart. Because it does us no good, really, to just be hearers of this word and not do it. So we just take a moment. Let the Holy Spirit show you things. Are there people in your life? Are there behaviors you're doing that aren't pleasing to Him? Turn away. Yes. It's simple repentance. Turn away. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you power to walk away from sin and the flesh. Because there's power in the blood. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. It'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you have to bow your knee to Jesus himself. You have to give your heart to him. You have to make it personal with him. You have to tell him, this day, I'm deciding, Lord, that I'm no longer going to run my life. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit. I'm tired of hitting my head against the same wall. 
you're here today and you haven't really given your life to Jesus, then you need to. I'm asking you to simply raise your hand. Raise your hand and God will welcome you because of Jesus and the blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. And again, follow through on your repentance. Follow through. Don't just keep doing the same thing. The Holy Ghost convicted people today of the change he needs, He's asking you to make. Be a doer of it. He'll empower you to do it.